0: Hi, everyone. It's Kaysonga. Just a reminder that you can listen to all of our podcasts ad-free on the Headspace app. Headspace Studios. Hi, my name is Sam, and welcome to Radio Headspace and to Friday Morning I've been fascinated by emotions for as long as I can remember. When I was a kid at school, I remember missing what my teachers were saying because I was paying such close attention to how I thought they were feeling. I was noticing their mannerisms, their body language, and the way they use their voice. I was a child with big emotions, and I often felt lonely because I couldn't relate to many of my peers who seemed to be way more laid back and easygoing. As an adult, I've spent many years studying emotions from a scientific perspective, which has helped me to understand why we have emotions at all, and why our experience of emotions varies so widely. So I was recently thinking about how much the language surrounding emotions really matters. For example, people often accuse others of making them feel a certain way. And this is implying that the other person caused the emotion that we feel and is therefore responsible for fixing it. But it's more complex than that, and we can't expect someone else to understand their effect on our emotional well-being. And I'm no exception. For a long time, I expected my loved ones to soothe me when I was upset and to be in some way responsible for my emotional health. This would often place a strain on my closest relationships, which led to a lot of disappointment and resentment. I didn't realize how big of a problem this was until I took a closer look. And that happened a few years ago on New Year's Day. So throughout my adult life, I've always taken time to meditate and reflect at the start of the new year because I feel this really palpable sense of possibility. And on this particular New Year's Day, I went with a few friends to Sedona. And if you've never been to Sedona, it's a beautiful secluded desert town in Arizona. It's kind of the perfect place for quiet reflection. So after arriving, we visited a stupa, which is a Buddhist structure containing relics or religious objects. And it was a crisp, snowy day, so I decided to do a walking meditation. And I just kind of slowly walked around the stupa and I paid attention to the sound of my feet sloshing in the snow. It was really lovely, really meditative. And as I was walking, I had this moment of clarity that just hit me out of nowhere and I realized that I was completely responsible for my emotional well-being, and that I had all the tools needed to soothe myself when I was upset. The main tool that I find indispensable for managing difficult emotions is self-compassion. And self-compassion includes a four-step process that was developed by a brilliant psychologist named Kristin Neff. If you happen to be having a really hard time right now, you can follow along as I describe the steps. So we use this self-compassion exercise whenever we're having a difficult emotion. If you're feeling sad or triggered or angry, frustrated, those are some examples of moments that are really helpful to practice this self-compassion. And you can first just start by acknowledging the pain of it. You know, like when you bump your toe or you bump your knee against the table and you instinctively say, ouch, and you kind of hold your knee, that's the same reaction you want to have to your difficult emotion. And next, if you feel comfortable, you can place a hand on your heart and just see if you can identify what feelings are present. So you can name them or label them as best you can, and that might take a little bit of time. And the third step is to acknowledge that you're not alone in this experience, that there are countless others around the world that are feeling this way right now. And in the final step, you say something kind and loving to yourself. I usually say to myself, I'm here, And I see how much is here. I see what you're feeling. And I'll stay here as long as you need me to." So this feels really natural and very soothing to me now, but it didn't come naturally at first. And it usually doesn't for most people. So somewhere along the way, many of us inherit the belief that we need to be hard on ourselves to succeed and to stay accountable. But Neff's research has shown that compassion is a lot more effective than criticism. But this inner critic in us can take a while to come around. So don't be hard on yourself, because it really does take practice. So I hope you get a chance to practice some self-compassion, and I really enjoyed sharing my experiences with you today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. If you'd like to learn more about living more mindfully, download the Headspace app for free. Right now, I'm really enjoying the Focus playlists. Listening to the focus music created by artists like Arcade Fire and Hans Zimmer helped me stay on task and tune out the busyness all around me.